0: soothing invigorating those two sensations don't normally go together but there was a lot of both in that opening day of exhibition action in the two hub cities yesterday six clubs broke the ice in edmonton and toronto answering some of the unknown about what it was going to be like in both the arena and watching on television More on that in just a moment. But first, the primary reason for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of VGK Daily Podcast, setting you up with the latest in the world of the Golden Knights. Darren Millard along with VGK analyst Mike McKenna coming off a long career as a goaltender in the professional game. Uh, We have the uh, Golden Knights tune-up game tomorrow night. Antsy,
1: nervous, excited. What are the emotions uh, inside the room of a veteran team? A little bit of everything. You know, this is uncharted territory, but they've had such a long layoff that the players just want to get after it. You know, they haven't had that opportunity to all be in the same locker room together yet. They, they've they just been dying to get out there and do this. And, like, Darren, I, I kind of go back to this at the start of the season. Whenever you're getting things going, it's different than what it is now. Yes, there's the excitement but you didn't have the training camp where there was evaluations taking place as much as there is now. It's getting down to your final team. So I'm sure there's a little bit of nervousness, but not nearly as much as at the the start of the season. Like The Vegas Golden Knights team knows what they've done, what they've accomplished, and what their ultimate goal is. There's not a lot of uncertainty right now in terms of the lineup or who you may play with. You have had that past of the year and hopefully roll it into playoffs. They've been able to watch a little bit
0: of what happened in Toronto and maybe watch a little bit in person in Edmonton. We'll
1: get to that in just a little bit. So uh, I guess the last thing to do is throw a hit. Yeah, well, and, and Braden McNabb talked about today that for him, the importance of the exhibition game, especially is physicality, timing with his hits. You know, that's because well, he's huge, got a, his bummy check. The bummy check, yeah, where yeah. he backs it in, yeah. kind of Rob Blake style. I mean, I can remember him yeah. dishing those out right along the boards. That's a rare skill, but it does. It takes such timing to be able to pull it off, and that's why we're always in awe of it. I mean, I could never have done that. I mean, one, I was a goalie, but even when I play forward, I couldn't come close to, to having that timing. Those are the little things that you can't get in practice. And, and McNabb said, you know, I need to get in the game so that I can get all the things I'm used to doing – back in the normal rhythm, back in the normal flow, and making sure that those guys don't blow past him on the outside, that he pins them to the boards and takes them out of the play when they're coming through the neutral zone. Uh, they're getting settled. Uh, a couple of uh, things have uh, found their way into the routine. Uh, they're scheduled
0: to practice today for the third consecutive day leading up to that collision with the Coyotes uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night. Uh, the players do have an added task to the game day routine, though, and that is the the testing part of it Uh, here's pete DeBoer on that aspect
2: just talking to one of the nhl officials here that was probably one of their biggest uh 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 concerns was how to get everybody through the testing every day but I, i tell you it's been seamless we've got a time we show up uh i think that we had a 45 minute window yesterday i thought everyone was done in maybe 15 20 minutes so uh, so far, so good. Uh, and the results, uh, I think, have been good, too.
0: So the testing happens whether you're game day or not. Every day, you've got your a lot of time. And it just, I guess, it
1: becomes second nature in a few days. Yeah. And, and head coach Pete DeBoer said that it's been a seamless process. Everybody's got a time frame. They show up. It's done in 15 minutes. Uh I'm sure the uncomfortableness of actually taking a test is out the window because it's become such normal for them to do. Yes, it. They were no. doing it every second day in right. Vegas when they were going through phase three. Yeah. I mean, and it's the kind of the necessary evil. Like, There's nothing fun about getting tested daily, but the fun is that you get to go play hockey <laughs> and you've got a couple months to go win a Stanley Cup. So it's it's almost like now it's just an afterthought, which is great. It shows the process is working. So Pete and his coaching staff attended last night's Oiler's Flames game at
0: Rogers place. Uh, Rogers place, uh, this is the great part about uh, where the Golden Knights finished during the uh, regular season at the pause. Uh, it allowed them to stay at be assigned the JW Marriott, which is attached to Rogers place. I mean, the other teams uh, that that weren't as high up the standings uh, had to be scattered around a couple of other hotels downtown Edmonton. so there's there's that convenience factor. Benefit uh, of finishing first. Uh, So they were, uh, the coaching staff went over and watched the game. Players also have the option. It's a no-brainer that coaches take advantage of watching a game in person.
1: What about as a player? How many players do you think will uh, sign up for that? This is where you're going to see where the real hockey nerds are. You know, like, who just can't help themselves? They've got to be in the building. They've got to watch. I suspect some players are going to just go off and do their own thing, and they could care less. But there will be a group of players, whether they're in the suite watching or just in their rooms watching, paying attention. And there's that which, certain group. Which, okay, there's
0: on TV, and then there's watching in person. Because the watching in person has never
1: been available. Right. So you have never wh- seen these games. What, what would you have done? Well, I, you know, it depends kind of on your mood for the day. But I could imagine if we were facing a team upcoming, I'd want to see them in person. You know, you'd want to see how they run their bench. You want to see the full length of the ice. The things that you may not be able to get on television, you can really get a feel for in person. It's why scouts are, have to be there. You know, that that's why the, the virtual scouting hasn't really rooted in as much. I'd want to be in the building and see it. Now, if I'm feeling tired from the night before or the game, I mean, i may take it off and watch it at home and just grab some clips of it. Uh, but I also think it's kind of the fun social aspect. You know, the players are they are looking for things to do. You know, Mark Stone's got his putting green. Some of the guys have mm-hmm. their video game gaming machines, as Braden McNabb called it. You know, they want something fun to do as a group. Going to the game is pretty good deal. Do you get more out of watching on television or in person? In person. In, in certain ways, though, too. Because in, like I say, in person you can really get a feel for the whole ice, the ebb and flow of the game, um, players behind the play a little bit, what they do, how they skate. Um, but okay, replay, you my... get the you get the benefit of replay with television yeah. too, and so that that's the that's the nice aspect. And if you're you at re- the game, you know what you you get distracted yeah easily i mean the coffee you're, the you're
0: hot talking, dogs. To, you're
1: talking <laughs> to your, your buddies uh, your teammates uh yeah. what's going on around well, the rink they may not have the hot dogs though i guess i mean it's not in montreal but yeah you do you you do get easily distracted if you're just kind of in your cocoon with your headphones on or you're just watching your room and you get the benefit of replay you know you can really dive in on things uh but yeah just being in person kind of gives you that whole atmosphere too like if you're watching with marcia so oh, you're not going to hear anything <laughs> besides him. you know. Uh, and it may not be hockey. You never know what it's going to be. <laughs> uh, Golden Knights
0: will play the final of the 12 exhibition games on Thursday night, tomorrow. Uh, but uh, by then, everyone should have a good idea of what to expect in the playing environment without fans. Status of Max Pacioretty, a little harder to cement right now. Brayden McNabb and Pete DeBoer were both asked about the absence of the winger in Edmonton, uh, as Pachetti remains in Vegas right now, receiving treatment for an injury suffered in the second week of training camp. Here's Brayden
2: and Pete. He's obviously a big part of this team, and for him to go down in camp, it's, it's unfortunate. But uh, you know, this means other guys have to step up. You know, we've seen it all year, so it's a good opportunity for guys to step up, and you know, hopefully, he's back sooner than later. Max had dealt with an injury before and you know and then he got got this kind of fluke injury in camp so I'm sure there's a frustration level there on his part uh, because of what he's dealt with already here this season Uh, you know as a coach you know there's going to be injuries you 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 know you know you're not going to get through a camp without something uh, or someone getting injured so uh, you just cross your fingers that it's not long term and and uh, this isn't with Max Um, you know, anytime you throw contact and five on five and, and the things you need to do to get ready to, to play an NHL playoff game, you're, you're risking injury and, and you know, that going in. So, you know, I feel fortunate really with how healthy we got through camp and here both dealing with the virus and also, uh, from a health perspective and we'll get Max back here soon.
0: In the case that patch is not available, DeBoer will audition for a winger on that line. Now, William Carlson and Mark stone uh, are on the line already. They've tried uh, Nick cousins last week. They're given Chandler Stevenson who played with stone when he came over from the Washington capitals, uh, when he first arrived on the line with uh, stone and patch ready. So there's some familiarity there.
2: We're going to take all the time we can here and try some different guys and some different looks. The exhibition game will be important. Um, You know, the nice thing is those two guys are easy guys to play with. And there's a long, long line of guys jumping, uh, uh, in line for that job uh, on their wing, so uh, it's uh, it's a good spot, and uh, we've got a lot of options, and we'll use all the time we can here uh, before we make a final decision.
0: Cousins and Stevenson, what jumps out at you as maybe
1: why those two players are getting a look? Both of them have elite skating. You know, Nick Cousins is known for being a pest, being gritty, getting under people's skin. He can fly. And he's got good hockey skill. I mean, he's put up almost 30 points in the league previously. Chandler Stevenson's an engine that never stops going. And we saw what Stevenson did with Stone, with Carlson when he was there previously, fit in seamlessly. Uh, So that's a a very obvious thing for Pete DeBoer to go with. But then again, that possibility of Chandler Stevenson being on the third line with Tuck And and being able to give them some juice there too, you know, makes things a different uh, dynamic. I think so. You know, I'm sure whether you disrupt the third line or the fourth line also plays a role. I think it really does. You know, because I'm I think Pete DeBoer is looking for the optimum balanced attack here. You know, he doesn't want to have a hole in the third line. He wants to have that mismatch line, as you said, where you know Alex Tuck can run wild on a third or fourth line on the other team. I think that's what you're looking for, whether it's Cousins or Stevenson. You know, it's the speed that goes into it. Stevenson, his ability to get the puck distributed, maybe a little bit better there. Um, but again, it's it's finding that optimum balance. I think uh, Cousins is a puck hound. That's absolutely. one thing that jumps out at you. Great retrievals. He wants to have it on a stick, and, and it he fi- works it. for it. To- do you not find that it, it just finds him? It does. And he's and he's kind of reckless, too. Yeah. And I like that about him. You know, like we watch him in practice, and I mean, he'll be going a 1,000 miles an hour. He'll get to the net. He'll deflect a puck in, and then he'll just trip over his own feet <laughs> afterwards. Both are very versatile. Right. That, that's calling card of both players. And they can play center. They can play wing. And... That's through the Vegas lineup, though, too. You know, you've got Nick Waugh who can do that as well. He's in the mix of something that he can go up and down lines, center, wing. uh, And that's obviously things that, you know, Kelly McCrim and George McFee have identified. We need to be versatile. We need to have players that can not just go up and down lines in their set position, but go between winger and center. So Stevenson more of a distributor and Cousins more of a shooter? Ah, it's tough to say. You know, like, Cousins, cousins, it all comes from hard work with him. Mm -hmm. Everything. And a lot of his goals are getting to the front of the net you know, causing traffic there, getting rebounds. But he is, he's really good at getting into the right place. Mm -hmm. You know, the puck's on and off his stick quickly. Stevenson, most of his goals and and his points tend to come from the puck being on his stick at times, when he's skating, creating breakaways. Okay, so transition. Yeah, yeah, transition game for Stevenson's huge. Uh, So yes, they are slightly different players, um, but equally effective in some ways. Uh, Before we go, a little life in the bubble update. Braden McNabb and Riley Smith on the experience
0: so far.
2: I'm not much of a gamer, but I've kind of over this quarantine, I've picked it up a little bit. So I brought my gaming machine and played it a little bit, but you know, I'm still working on my game. I'm not that great yet.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of downtime. So I think everyone,
2: um, you know, if you're a gamer or not, you kind of brought everything that eats up time, if it's books or Xbox or whatever it is, um, you know, we want to be here for a long time. So uh, we want to be equipped for it. Everything's new. I'm trying not to be surprised by too much, but um, that's just
0: the way it is. I think I think the nicest thing is just being able to come into a playoff atmosphere and spending so much time with your teammates. Uh, you know, we, we relish those opportunities and, and we're excited about this one. So a couple of things that jump out at me there. One, Braden really isn't a gamer. Two, Riley's and he says it, they're in for the long haul. 70 plus days in Edmonton. Get settled in. It's going to be a ride. And the other part that uh, you kind of read into it is the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be patient. Patient with the process. Patient with the events of the game. Because this is all new to everybody. And there's going to be inconveniences. There's going to be uh, mistakes made. But you have to be patient and roll with the punches, and uh, that really has shone through. The National Hockey League, by all reports, has done a marvelous job in setting up uh, everything, food, the rooms, uh, the activities, the space, uh, the opportunity to uh, be outside if, if you want to be outside, or uh, go to the games and watch the game. so it's really cool. And speaking of the games and patient, uh, I think we're all going to have to be uh, along that same line as we watch these contests uh, from the two hub cities, because in taking in the First day of the exhibition play, uh, the announcers that are in the rank, normal, as normal as it can be. Uh, the visual aspect, watching as a fan, I thought the audio mix was great. Certainly on the uh, early game from Toronto, it was solid. Where it's going to be challenging is like our crew and uh, the different radio crews from around the National Hockey League, uh, the regional sports networks, in just calling the game off uh, a tube off a broadcast we call it a calling off too but off of uh off of a television and that uh there's going to be kinks that uh we're gonna have to work out and different things that we're just gonna have to get used to that you can't prepare for until you go through so uh all in all first day from a broadcast standpoint you the viewer watching i think it was pretty good uh cutting uh, our teeth in this process uh, the radio audio i, I thought uh Sean through a little bit uh, more than the speakers, you caught a little bit more of of the iced uh, activities Uh, but uh, on television it kind of like what Anson Carter mentioned on NBC Sports Network, it feels like you're watching one of those stadium series games where there's space between the crowd and the rink and there's different uh, things set up uh, different visual elements and uh, that's kind of what it looked like, it it certainly wasn't as jarring as what I would have expected five months ago So hats off to Steve Mayer and the events company uh, side of things with the National Hockey League, uh, the NHL bang-up job, as mentioned. Uh, For Mike McKenna, I'm Darren Millar. Thanks for listening to the VGK Daily Podcast. Uh, Tomorrow, game day. The Golden Knights against the Arizona Coyotes. uh, We'll tee up that, what to expect uh, from the player's angle, and just uh, lineup-wise, we get to tee up a game from a lineup perspective. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you again. Stay safe.